This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. So first up this hour, we look at the political impact of Najib Raza's jail term and fine being reduced. So this, of course, was huge news last week. Uh, former Prime Minister Dato Sri Najib Raza's 12-year jail term has been halved to six years, which means he can be released earlier on, on the 23rd of August 2028. And the Pardons Board has said that they will, uh, they've also reduced his 210 million ringgit fine to 50 million ringgit. And his early release would be contingent on him paying this amount. Now, he is currently also on trial for other cases, including four counts of abuse of power, 21 counts of money laundering, all involving 1MDB. Now, the uh, com- the commuting of the sentence being one thing, but of course, the, the huge response to it, both politically and from members of the public, has kind of carried this conversation on throughout the weekend with so many different opinions being expressed on this. Yeah, remember, it actually begins long before the official announcement was made uh, and started with an Uttusan story that uh, Najib had gotten a full pardon. And so, you know, um, and then that story was retracted and we did a show on it and asked him everyone if they felt how they felt about a possible pardon for Najib. Now that just sort of it went on, you know, CNA I think did a story about it, then retracted it and then there were rumors of this sentence reduction, but we also didn't get official word until much later there was promise of a press conference by the home minister and there were such and all that sort of just added to the drama I think Shamila by the time we got to the official announcement, this you know story had been so well cooked already uh, that you know everybody was primed. But I think it, it wasn't until the official uh, announcement was made that then the kind of responses came out. And what's happened is, in the words of many, uh, I think, uh, observer, has been a kind of lose-lose situation for the current administration. So for what it's worth, Prime Minister Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim has come out to say that everyone should respect the pardon board's decision um, and that he said that the process of granting a pardon is beyond the prerogative of the Prime Minister and the government. However, we have also seen um, things like an investigation be, uh, being launched into Tony Poir's remarks on the commutation um, and he's being investigated under the Sedition Act. So um, a Sedition Act as well as the Communications and Multimedia Act. So um, I think there are a few things going on here, right? On the one hand, because of how um, the Pardons Board is structured and because it involves royalty, there's some amount of, um, well, what what are the kinds of responses that can be expressed publicly? But on the other hand, there's also how does this reflect on the current administration? And there is a lot of um, anger and dissatisfaction being expressed, particularly with the current government, when it comes to uh, this particular very highly publicized case. Yeah, so, you know, uh, the Prime Minister's come out to kind of clarify things, right? Uh, I know he's taken much of the hit for this, but it is called a royal pardon for 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 very obvious reasons. It does involve principally the monarch making a decision. and the, But what Anwar has admitted to is, in fact, helping the pardons, pardons board meet uh, to make this decision. So uh, he's also clarified, though there's a lot of confusion out there because this whole question of... Uh, 
someone having to serve one third of their sentence. But remember, when we did the story, you know, we uh, we uh, we referred to an um, an interview with one Janaidi, who was former minister uh, for law and stuff, and he had said something to the effect that there was no such provision that you had to complete one third of your sentence. It might have been a convention, but but it didn't exist on the books as such, right? So I want to clarify that that wasn't that's not the case. So the question is, why did he help expedite this? And I think that, at least he's admitted to expediting it. He's been thanked by several people in Amno, But Amno itself seems quite divided. Between Lokman Adam was grateful mm. for what uh, Anwar did. Uh, he's, there are people who are saying they feel betrayed. And so, again, we go back to the lose-lose situation for the current administration. So we are going to be talking about, well, exactly that, the political fallout from all of this. Uh, we'll be joined after this by Dr. Shaza Shukri, Associate Professor of Political Science at IIUM. But we want to hear from you as well. How did you feel when you heard about the reduced sentence and fine for Najib Raza? You can call 777 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Banish fraudulent manoeuvres, BFM 89.9. It's 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about the political ramifications of Najib Raza's sentence and fine reduction. And we want to hear from you. How did you feel when you heard about this? You can call 777 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is Dr. Shaza Shukri, Associate Professor of Political Science at IIUM. Shaza, good to have you with us. Hi, Shamila. Hi, Sharad. How are you guys? We're good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So there's been a lot of talk about the PM's involvement in this decision to have uh, Najib's prison time as well as significantly reduce his fine. And uh, Anwar has noted that the decision is the prerogative of the Agong. And uh, I'm quoting here, he said, the main consideration was about mercy and compassion. The decision by the former Agong is final and it's based on significant considerations, not just the law. Do you think Anwar's framing uh, for this process is adequate? Will it satisfy the public? <laughs> All right. Look, to be honest, um, at this point, how I see it is that I think nothing our PM says can be satisfactory to a lot of people. Um, in a way, what he says is technically true. But the fact that he is part of the board means that people kind of you know, expect for him to lay down the case against a pardon or, you know, a reduction of sentence after everything that the people went through first in 2018, you know, with the historic change of government, then in 2022 to reduce um, the end seats. It, it feels to a lot of them like, like a betrayal. So what I'm trying to say is this is not about the technicality, how he's explaining it. We're talking about politics, right? People's support for the government and what they think is morally right. Um, but, you know, in a way, we understand this is the best that the government can offer in terms of an explanation because really what else can he or anyone else say? Yeah, so it looks like, in fact, uh, many quarters are calling this a lose-lose uh, proposition for the government of the day. It's angering Pakatan Harapan supporters, but AMNO members themselves, for various mm. reasons, are very unhappy as well with this decision. They're not getting the full pardon that they had expected. Could you help us understand, first, the AMNO response? What do you think lies behind it? 
Well, I, I can only respond based on um, my perception of what's been reported, right? So for me, of course, I think at the moment, uh, AMNO is kind of taking the middle ground by saying, thank you, but we will try again. Um, since this matter involves the king or, or the former king, there is, again, really not much that can be said by AMNO or honestly by, by anyone else except, you know, to say thank you. But but we can see that AMNO is now talking about, um, I believe, gathering 3 million signatures for a petition. So we see that this is not the end um, for both AMNO and Najib in terms of this whole getting a pardon thing. My sense of the situation is that this is the best that AMNO can do to try to win back um, the Malay support. In other words, I feel like they're going to milk this as much as they can. Najib is perhaps more popular as the party's leader and they can continue to frame this as a whole justice issue. So, so really for me, um, I see this continuing even until GE16 because, you know, why not? But Shatta, can I just follow up on that? What's going on with Amno? I mean, many people say the facts are obvious. The trial was fair, as at least most people and I think international observers would note. Uh, you know, we hear, we see documentary after documentary about the one in DB scandal. Uh, is Amno in denial that something actually went terribly wrong and that blame is firmly in uh, at the feet of uh, Najib Raza? Or, or is it just that people in Amno don't care that he might have been complicit in, in these crimes and therefore just want him as a leader. Yeah, I think the two things you mentioned at the end, kind of the sense that I have that it's not so much that they're in denial, but the idea is he may be at best indirectly responsible for it, that this is not um, his only, no, this is not the mistake that he made personally. This is a like you said, a systemic issue. So in a way, they're trying to frame it as it's not his fault. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the second thing is, I forgot the second thing already. <laughs> but basically, it, it's not a sense of, 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 it's not denial, but it's just that this is the best that, that they can get out of the situation right now. So let's talk about the Pakatan Harapan supporters then, right? Because uh, we've seen, for instance, DAP section, Anthony Lok calling for cool heads to prevail. Do you think he'll get what he hopes for? The way I see it is that, you know, generally, I'm talking about generally, Malaysians do have a short-term memory, unfortunately, when it comes to politics. Um, so after all of, all of this rage that we're seeing, especially on social media, I do think that cool heads will prevail. Um, in the sense that um, PH voters will move on from this because there is not much that they can do uh, in terms of really the criticism or, or anything else. But for me, the real test is not is not in the immediate weeks or months, but it really will be in, in GE16. Will PH voters return to vote for PH again? This is where I think it gets a bit iffy for me. Um, if PH can somehow show within the unity government that they deserve the second chance, people might just sweep this whole episode under the carpet. But having said that, I do think this will always hang above them. People will keep on 
using this to paint PH as you know going back on their uh, reform agenda. Yeah, so so now we have the Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim calling for a respect for the pardons board decision, but at the same time we have the police launching investigations to remarks by uh, the DAP's uh, Tony Poir uh, that he made on social media. Now, will attempts to use the Sedition Act against a public disquiet actually work? Will Anwar not in fact get respect, but what he, he might get at best is silence from his detractors? I think... Well, this is the kind of situation where I always find our prime minister to be at the losing end, right? Because as you mentioned, Shura, people made reports, so the police investigate um, in the name of separation and you know respect for institutions. Uh, the government have to let the police do their work, but by allowing so, the government or basically the prime minister is seen as again, um, turning away from from promises of reforms because we're talking about the Sedition Act. So to answer your questions, um, I don't think Anwar will get either respect or silence because on one hand, I see that Malaysians are more willing to speak up. Right? They're not afraid in a way to be investigated. I'm 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 saying this, you know, in relation compared to like decades ago. Um, and definitely there is no respect from this, uh, especially from from uh, the supporter side. Um, so for me, this is really a, a loss-loss situation when it comes to the issue of, of the sedition there and, and freedom of expression. But again, I'm trying to think of what else could have been done. Could they have ignored um, people's report? Because this is bigger than just the government, I feel, is is. It's really a, a Malaysian problem. Do you think a large part of the problem lies in how opaque these governmental processes are? Or is this a failure of government communication, um, of not anticipating and planning for the fallout from these decisions? Oh, definitely, I think it is a, a communication issue, um, which then, of course, begs the question, what what were they trying to hide with, with such a bad execution of, of this? Um I really feel that the government has failed yet again, unfortunately, in terms of communicating with the people and explaining what happened. You know, people have been asking, why, why did the news uh, come out on, on, on a Friday? Um, are they trying to get people to cool down over the weekend? Or like you said just now, Sharad, was it, I mean, was it to prime the people with the earlier leaks and rumours and whatnot? You know, it, it it prolongs the whole issue. It prolongs the criticism from the beginning of the rumours earlier last week and then over the weekend. Um, so today we have some kind of explanation. But it feels to me like the government should have been able to anticipate all of this anger and have a proper response at hand. Um, so why didn't they? Uh, on another note, you know, something that I've been thinking about why were there leaks and rumors since last week? Who are initiating all these leaks? Um, you know, I just think this is something worth looking into.
Yeah, so now we have, as the story has kind of developed since the official word uh, came out on Friday, that, uh, you know, there's unhappiness, right, within the government, within parties that make up the unity government. Do you think these tensions uh, will lead to the instability of its administration? Do you think it will lead to its downfall? To be honest, I I, I see it the other way around. Um at the moment, especially with this, I don't know what to call it, a partial pardon, commuting of centers, I think it actually strengthens the unity government. Um, yeah, like you said, there were, you know, noise here and there on both sides. But if you really look at the bigger picture, this was the thing that Amno has been asking for uh, since December 2022. Um, and Anwar, despite the criticism by his own supporters, have indirectly allowed for this to happen by bringing forth uh, the application. Um, so I feel that it actually gives him an advantage when he needs to negotiate with Amno down the road, right? Um, the problem now, how I see it is, how to bring together the the supporters of both sides of, of PH of AMNO, because Malaysian politics for me is, is really an elite elites game, right? They, on their level, they have settled their score, but the question now is, can the people accept it? That is the concern. That it's not so much about the stability of the current administration, but the longevity in terms of can they return for the second term. Shaza, we have about two minutes left. What would you like to leave us with? Oh, I think that this is a reminder for the people of Malaysia to realise that the fight for a better Malaysia is is a long journey, right? It didn't end in 2022. In fact, if anything, I think it shows how important it is for the people to rally together for the people's sake. That's it, Shamila. Shaza, thanks for speaking with us today. You're welcome. That was Dr. Shaza Shukri, Associate Professor of Political Science from IIUM, weighing in on the um, political ramifications of the sentence reduction when it comes to Datuk Sri Najib Razak. We want to hear from you. How did you feel when you heard about the reduced sentence and fine? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.